Well, now, how we've got the highlight of the program coming up now. In the studio, we have Death of Art. And it's been a long time coming, and it's so good to see you girls. So I'd like to introduce you. We've got Erin. Hi, Erin. Hi. And we've got Loz. Hi, Loz. Now, Death of Art are a Melbourne band, a gothic rock alternative, almost metal. It's hard to define your genre because you're so unique. And um, so tell, tell us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Oh, where do you want us to start? <laughs> How long have you been Death of Art? Oh, actually, yeah, it's, I suppose it's a hard question because, um, well, of course, uh, one of our members who's not here today, Andre, um, we met and started just writing together initially. So it certainly wasn't a band at that point. Um, and yeah, we just started working on a lot of songs, you know, just did a few little performances together. Uh, you know, then we ended up getting a keyboard player and, you know, I guess that's sort of when, you know, things became the band right. as such then. But then, you know, things changed again when Loz came along. Um, and years ago? Yeah. Yeah, about that. So I guess you could say we have been the, the current version of Death of Art for about eight years is probably most accurate. Well, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, as a band and with all the elements, definitely um, eight years. But it's now down to the three of us, so just drums, guitar, vocals, and that's been about two years. Yeah, I think so. Two to three. I don't know. Lose track sometimes. <laughs> yeah, going by the going by the EP, which is two thousand fifteen. So right. Two. And, and the EP was called War. That's correct. Hey? Yes. And it was released in two thousand and fifteen. And I have a track lined up right here now, the first track from Death of Art, from the EP War, and it's called War. You see your fight for survival? Starts right now. You don't think you're strong enough? You are. You're afraid. Don't be. You have all the weapons you need. Now fight. Be a 
Well, that was pretty fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. We were just saying we don't really listen to our own EP anymore. <laughs> you probably don't. Yes, it's a bit like that sometimes, isn't it? We, more, we rehearse it. <laughs> so Erin, now uh, just for the listeners, that was Erin Blackie on vocals there from Death of Art, who is our lead singer here. And Erin, tell me, who wrote the lyrics? Where did you get that song from? Uh, well, I wrote the lyrics. Fabulous. Um, as yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes, I've written the lyrics for all of our tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I write from my own experiences, and uh, I guess it's all the crap and rubbish in my life that I'm venting and letting out. Um, and and but I like to think that I take a, I know I try to take, I guess, an empowering view of my demise or whatever the the situation may be. So, you know, I could probably say as a general thing, there's a, a lot of songs written about ex-boyfriends. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that is one of them. Okay. Well, it says that when I was doing some research about you, um, your energy, your engaging songs are about empowerment and overcoming self-sabotage. Mm. Yes, that's certainly I could do with a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you know we put ourselves into negative situations, um, and you know it's it's easy to do and get caught up in that. And you know it's just I guess my way of like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna work through this and make the most of it and move on. Well, um, Death of Art has some amazing YouTube videos for any listeners that want to actually get on the internet and have a look at them later because they're fabulous, the theatrics of them. Where did you get all the ideas for all that? I mean, how did they come about? I guess it's just part of my background, like I have a theatrical background and I know I love that stuff. It's so much more fun than just standing there. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's so – because I saw um, Death of Art – support Aurelio Voltaire at the 26 moons is it 24 24 moons oh gosh close close and oh my goodness you were just amazing I mean I went there to see mostly you instead of Voltaire but uh, you know but he was pretty he was all right you know oh gosh sorry sorry Voltaire didn't mean to sound it like that but you know you after after watching you it was a little bit whoa okay try and beat that you know, he was was by himself. (laughs) Yes. I I was struck by a lot of your your costumes and your theatrics and and, um, it was so captivating. It was amazing. Thank you. Uh, So how you've performed a lot around Melbourne, a lot of gigs, DV8 and some of the um, clubs and the Brunswick and... um, I think pretty much just about everywhere you yeah. can play in Melbourne, we've, we've done something there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, DV8, we played there a lot when, when that was still running. It becomes quite a small scene in the end in Melbourne too, doesn't it, the music scene, when you get into, like, the punk or the metal. and uh, So do you find you're meeting similar people when you're going around? Definitely. Places. I mean, especially since a lot of the live music venues are um, are just disappearing, which is really mm-hmm. really upsetting, and you know it's kind of actually really bad for that because you sort of have to fight for gigs and that, which is you know a bit crap. But well, yeah, I mean, it's I would have it's such a smorgasbord in Melbourne for for music. It's like uh, it's it's almost like. 
Where do you begin? Where do you, you know, how do you keep up with it? Um, with all the bands and all the new music coming out. I've been finding that a bit mind-blowing since I've been living in Melbourne. That's what I mean. Like, there's so many musicians and bands and scenes, but um, it's almost like the like all the places that you've named are very much a lot of the only places that are that are there to play. So it's, um, you know, one night will be a punk night, one night will be a metal night, then it'll be... So it's almost like you have to sort of just... Uh, I guess shuffle everything around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so I've got this next one lined up uh, from the uh, Death of Art EP, the War EP. For every anybody's listening, you can. Where can they get this? Um, this band um, various places. Mm. Probably the easiest thing is, um, other than going to a show, is just to go to our website, which is deathofart.com, mm-hmm. because then there's links there to, yeah, you can go to Bandcamp or if you prefer to download, you can go to iTunes. So, you know, you can Do get us. No, no, we had some at Peril, but yeah. unfortunately oh, Peril is no more. Um, but you can order online because uh, this year we also put together an online web store which mm-hmm. has our physical CDs and T-shirts and nice. all our other merch stuff. So Sweet. you can do that too. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that, again, all the links are just on the website. So rather than giving you a million, you know, um, website addresses, that's the easiest. The and, yeah. 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 <laughs> So should we put on Karma now? This is fantastic. This is the the uh, next track from the EP, War. So here we go. We'll put it on Karma.
Beautiful. Thank you. That was awesome. Karma by Death of Art. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, look, um, we've got Loz here um, from Death of Art in the studio, and I'm going to ask her a couple of questions because she's the drummer. Get that. <laughs> Fabulous. She really hits those drums. <laughs> so come on, Loz, tell us about your drumming history. Um, well, when I was little, apparently I said to my parents, I want to learn guitar and drums. I did both for a while and um, I think drums just stuck. Um, so also thank you mum and dad for paying for my lessons and all my equipment. Um, so I think we did it for a while. Um, obviously, you know, high school you go through that, I want to play punk, I want to play yeah. metal. Um, and in high school I uh, was in a punk band and we got a few gigs in Melbourne and one of them we were actually playing on the same bill as Death of Art. Uh, this was back when they were just a three-piece without a drummer. And I think, what, maybe like a couple of months later, you guys had us on a bill, and then we pulled out, but you were looking for a drummer at the same time, and I was like, hey, look, you know me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, can I come and audition for you guys? Nice. <laughs> just please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of more, I'm more interested in your what you're doing with your music. Well, yeah, so, um, yeah. at the time we were sort of all, the other band were all living in different spots, and, yeah, we lost the bass player and was kind of going in separate ways and I'm like ooh goth band I'll, mm. I'll join <laughs> we'd actually gotten to that point of giving up and looking for a drummer we just left this ad up on I think I don't know MySpace or something no it was like a Melbourne goth was form. it I can't even remember Which, back in its heyday was it 2006 7 something like that <laughs> yeah yeah um, but it's good because I, I sort of went into it thinking it was just going to be sort of you know standard slightly industrial you know mm. but uh, it's a bit of everything like if you just uh, heard the first track and then compared it to the one that we just played, you know, the, the it's almost very different, especially in terms of drumming style. Like that one, I use a lot of the toms, sort of more uh, rhythmic jungle stuff. But then with war, it's a lot heavier. It's yeah. very sort of industrial. And um, I've been told that one of my influences, who is Danny Carey from Tool, comes through a little bit in some of the um, the tom work in that first one because it's a sort of uh, syncopated. And, I mean, not as good as Danny Carey, I wish, but... <laughs> Oh, very cool. Thank you. <laughs> very cool. That was pain to record, but... <laughs> so how do you get all your, your gear around? Do you travel with in, in your car or... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got probably by this point, because I've been drumming for so long, I've got three different drum kits. I have an electronic drum kit. I have different setups for different bands, different gigs. Um, and eventually I just bought a big-ass car to, <laughs> to fit it all in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, <laughs> in fact, um, I still remember when I was 16, 17, and I would have gigs, and someone from my family would have to volunteer to be the poor person to drive me back and forth. So, and it says though that you've got some influences in your music from classical music as well, though. So, uh, classical rock, have you had some influence with? Classical. You're classically trained, Erin, with your voice? Somewhat. I actually started out in classical yeah. uh, when I was a young teenager. But, you know, as a young teenager, I didn't really have a lot of appreciation for what I was learning. I was like, no, I want to do something more contemporary. I don't want to do this anymore. So I kind of stopped doing that and then, you know, worked um, through more contemporary styles. But then, I know, I've come back to it because it just seems to be something that works for my voice. So, you know, I mean, I certainly admire artists like uh, Maria Callas, 
Uh, you know, I've tried to tried, I would say, to work through some of her songs. Um, so yeah, it's definitely then come out as a as an element through you know what we're doing. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I guess during my contemporary discoveries, I worked out I you know rock suited me as well, and yeah, yeah not only my voice but my personality. So yeah, and just putting those two things together, it just you know it's what became part of Death of Art. Yeah. And um, if you ever come to a live show, you can tell that Erin is classically trained because even though she uses a mic, you do not need one. (laughs) 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 But anyone that comes to an acoustic gig where they're very close to you are just like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I might not be a big person, but... My voice can be. <laughs> You've certainly got a powerful voice, and that—that's all. The, like the reviews always say, she's only little petite thing, but what a powerful voice, and that's so true. It's a lot of air pressure going on. <laughs> Did you say you're full of hot air? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe sometimes. <laughs> now, Erin, um, tell me about your 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 voice training that you've you've done. You you you've, you've You've actually got some amazing qualifications. You got a, uh, some sort of a diploma recently, didn't you? Um. Uh, oh, not quite. That that was a bit unrelated to singing. I mean, that was a, um, I did a um, a course in orchestration um, through Berkeley. So yeah, that was earlier this year. And I've also done some other subjects with them as well. Um, I did mixing and mastering last year, and have studied production through them because uh, yes, I'm not just the singer in the band I do all the production as well um but yeah with my singing training um I mean I have been with uh, David Jans he's been my coach since early 2000 um and I am also now a coach at that school oh oh yes can we um have a little shout out at the school is that okay absolutely oh please tell us what is it I think it's amazing. I mean, I came as a student and then, you know, I'm very privileged to uh, have become a coach Mm -hmm. as part of that school Mm -hmm. as well and then, you know, helping lots of other um, younger and, well, not not always younger, but students, you know, pursue their um, their careers and Mm -hmm. their singing as well, which is great. It's very rewarding and it's wonderful to do something that I love doing as well so yeah yeah yeah, but we're all over Melbourne um yeah in fact after this today I'm actually heading down to Phillip Island because once a year we have a have a singing camp for our students so yeah so I'm going to be um uh uh, working as a a songwriting mentor this weekend yeah and tell me the name of this school it's the David Jan School of Singing the David Jan School School of of Singing. Singing yes it's actually good because um, we've had a few lineups where we've had um, current and former students of Erin's that have got their own bands or their own like solo acts and they've they've played with us and too. And it's really cool to see. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it makes me feel really good seeing them and seeing them improve and that as well. And like, oh, I helped you. That feels really good. <laughs> but it's also good because we get first dibs on them when they start coming out. Like, yes, oh, you're good. Let's <laughs> yeah. play with us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like get your band together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, so it, so this must be your calling. It must, you know, music, uh, singing, performing, theatrics, coaching, younger yeah. people. It must be your life's 
uh, calling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've known since I was about five, like, mm. I wanted to be a performer. Mm. I mean, in that point in time, I wanted to be an actor. I didn't yeah. really know I could sing, mm. like, well. <laughs> so that sort of came a bit later. But, I mean, even my parents have told me, like, when I was, I don't know, about ten months old, I would sing to myself before I could talk. Oh, like all the time so there was always a lot of music at home um so you know it was just a part of me and I think with uh most musicians once they get to a certain point it, it is their life like you can't half-ass it you have to everything has to go towards it mm. which I think yeah. I mean yeah everything's you know and you have to really put your f- full self into it if you're going to make anything happen in the world I'm haven't you you've got to yeah. dedicate yourself De- definitely, yeah. yeah. It's yeah like so there's, a there's no half-assing. No, yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I can't imagine doing anything else. You know, it's just yeah. That's what this is what I have to do. And how often would you train your voice then? How often do you sing? You sing every day for how long? Well, I guess I do a lot just teaching because you know I've you know be doing hours of classes. I mean, not that I'm performing in that situation, but I'm always demonstrating and doing things. So there's a lot that's you know ongoing there. Um, but yeah, I will certainly you know spend what time I can for myself. You know, in the evening working on some things. It's not always as often as I'd like it to be. Um, I mean, we rehearse once a week yeah. as well, so that's always a good long session. Yeah. To get Sometimes into more if we've got gigs or, or we're writing or something. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it just it just depends. But you know, I wouldn't say that I'd probably let a day go by there there isn't some singing going on, even if it's not very focused on anything particular. <laughs> Where do you do your your um, training, your perform, your rehearsals? Then have you got a studio or you? Yeah, well, because yeah. because I'm a coach for uh, the school, mm-hmm. um, I have my own studio. Wow, that's so, good. Um, so handy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just leave a drum kit there. I don't have to load mm. it in every week. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this was something that was a goal of mine a few years back as well because I didn't always have my own studio, mm. but I knew that I wanted this, mm. you know, to set this up. And um, so, yeah, I've got all my musical toys in there, I guess. So Fantastic. I spent all my time there. So, yeah, we can, uh, yeah, rehearse there. I write write there, work on tracks, um, record uh, as well. Uh, I've been getting into more of that. Uh, in fact, with the War EP, I mm. recorded all of my own vocals wow. myself. Wow which is something I wanted to do mm-hmm. so I could spend the time to get it how I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then took it to our producer to put it all together. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been getting into doing a few little tests, doing some drum recording. Yeah, um, we've been doing an acoustic one that we're sort of working on co-current. We just, had a, we just yes. had a string of gigs, so we sort of put that on the back burner, but I think we'll start doing that again. Yes, I was actually just yeah. thinking about that the other day. I'm like, I have to pull those files out. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we're going to do – we have a a song that we've never been able to translate to the the live set, the full set with all the electronics and that, but it's – when we play it acoustic, it gets such a good response. So we thought, oh, we should just um, see if we can record it. Like, Erin's getting so good with that. Um, I've got, like, mics for drum kits and for acoustic uh, percussion. She has, like, all the mixes and stuff. So we're sort of going to work on trying to record an acoustic version of a song that that never makes it out past that stage, so – 
Yes, yeah. So just, you know, continue to learn more and more about doing these things ourselves. Um, And in fact, you know, I was really lucky to come across, I guess, a friend, uh, Wayne, who was our producer for the war EP, Wayne Low Tech. Low Tech, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and, um, you know, and he he didn't just produce the the EP, he... uh, taught me as we went I sat in on every session he's like ask me whatever you want Mm -hmm. you know and that was great I learned so much oh fabulous it's so lovely when people when musicians support each other with with all this uh it's like all artists supporting each other it's it's fantastic you know and and that was what's this advice from Michael Parisi with in 2015 with the direction of Death of Art and then you that meant you released your second EP War and it was engineered by Mercury award-winning producer Wayne Lotech who you've just yes. uh, told me about and mastered by Tom Baker. So um, you've done your research, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> um, and it was, but he also Good. mastered for Marilyn Manson and Nine yes. Inch Nails, no, um, not Nine Inch Nails, uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah, Rob, Rob Zombie, Zombie. Yeah. What amazing! Yeah, well. Um, I don't again it was the support of Wayne like where he said just you know find uh, look around for someone like it's an album that might be in a similar genre to you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and find out who mastered it and just approach them and that's what we did <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Oh, good and he was lovely. He was so good to, you know, to work with and communicate with. And yeah, so it was great. You know, we, we weren't sure. We thought, oh, maybe maybe he won't want to, you know, to work with us. We're not a big, well-known band or um, maybe he won't do it himself. He'll be his assistant or something. Yeah. But, no, he did it himself. Oh, and, fantastic. You know, and it was it was great. He's like, oh, and he, you know, and his messages, I'm looking forward to working on your tracks. And, you know, and he, was, he gave us commendations on what we were doing as well. So, yeah. And, and he knows his stuff. He only did, like, sort of the one test master and asked mm. for feedback. And we gave him feedback and then it was done, yeah. 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 Like he, he knows his stuff. He's yeah, very he, good. Yeah. Yeah. He knew exactly what we meant when we were sort of like, oh, could you, could you change this? And I mean, quite often you might have to do that a few times and yeah. he was, he was onto it right yeah. away. Mastering is one of those um, unspoken about, but very, very big parts of producing any kind of um, recording. Um, it does take a while sometimes and it can actually really affect how the whole thing sounds overall. So it's very good to find someone that you can just say, oh, I want to sound like this and it's done. Mm. Yeah, gosh, it's hard enough editing one little program sometimes without all that because there'll be a fair bit of editing and back playing and lot tweaking. Lot of tweaking and, yeah. and, oh, my goodness mm. me. <laughs> Especially for Erin because she does all um, the electronic side of things. So mm. sometimes it's, oh, that's clashing. I've got to go back. And sometimes yeah. I'll, I do night shift and sometimes mm-hmm. I'll finish work at five in the morning and I'll get a message from her. I'm like, you're still at the studio, aren't you? But yes, yes, I am. <laughs> of course I am, yes. <laughs> oh, that's dedication for you. <laughs> well, I'm also a bit of a vampire with my sleeping hours, so, you know. Yeah, the, well, that the, certainly helps. The noon, the noon start today was a bit of a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, isn't it? Who comes out at this time of day? Sunshine. <laughs> Daylight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we may laugh, but oh, it's true. But it is it's so funny because I remember the first time I saw you with your 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 Marilyn Manson type eyes. You know, uh, you, I was like, oh my goodness, what happened to your eyes? Uh, the contacts. <laughs> yeah, they're quite freaky, aren't they? But they look very effective on stage. 
Cool, thank you. you know? Actually, a f- funny story, that gig that you came to at 24 <laughs> Moons, um, th- my contact halfway through that set disappeared up into my eyelid. It's never, ever happened to me before. I've been wearing them for years and years because and, I thought, oh, suddenly my eyesight's like really clear and I didn't realise until I came off and, uh, yeah, and it wasn't there anymore and I couldn't find it. I couldn't you, get it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you, you were like, I think I can't... It- you're like, I think it fell out on stage. I'm like, oh, no, it probably went in the back and, like, we're trying to poke oh, your no. eye. And it was... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, it didn't come out until probably late the next day. Oh. And I never actually found it. I think I just washed it out. I was washed out my eye. So, so it had fallen behind the back of your... It had slipped behind the back of your eye? <laughs> wait, wait, did, did you actually get it out? I never actually found it, but I know that it was out. I could feel it was out. Are you sure? Did you not read about this article about some woman in the UK who had like 27 contact lenses in the back of her eye? <laughs> oh, no, really. Maybe, maybe go get that checked out, please. So you actually, actually haven't seen it? Yeah, don't, I mean, pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> you, you haven't found it? You haven't no. got it in your possession? No. It's, you don't know where it is. Then. So it still could be behind you. Oh I really gosh. don't think it is. Because I remember reading a bit on Facebook and you saying that, and I went through a little bit of a, oh, my goodness, I don't think I'll do that. You know, um, oh, let's... Oh, but as I said, never, ever happened before. Oh, maybe it just never. fell on the ground. Let's hope it just fell on the ground. I don't think it did. <laughs> So have you got any spares or are you a bit reluctant to use them? Oh, I was not – well, um, oh, no, I, I bought a fresh set for the next gig. Mm. I think that was it. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a new one. Yeah, they do get a bit stuck and oh. they stick to the eye yeah. and then they just travel. And where do you get these things from? Online. Yeah, <laughs> online. Um, some stores, but, yeah, online is easiest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I do wear them occasionally. Um Sometimes, though, especially if we're in a smaller venue and there's a smoke machine, I oh. opt not to because it dries them out. And then, yeah. yeah, I feel the same thing. I can feel them sticking to the eyelid as I blink and that. I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's really like uh, suffering for your art, isn't it? <laughs> well, normally it's fine. Like, yeah, once it's in and then, I don't know, after five minutes, I don't even realise it's there. So when I come and say hello to somebody, like you come and say hello to me, I sort of forget. Like yeah, yeah. I'm like, why are they looking at me like that? Oh, right. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. That's just like, oh, hair in your eyes. What's happened? About five years ago, we had a gig up in the Outback for this um, thing called iFest. Oh, and yeah. it was an all-ages event and because it was a very small um, Broken Hill, so very, very small town. And we went and we played and there was... Lots of people, all ages, like people bought their families and that. And we were out in, in um, like the lobby area after we played, like by the merch table, talking to people. And there was a group of like was it four or five girls who were probably about 10, 11 years old. And they came yeah. up to be like, you know, because, you know, they see Erin with all of her, you know, wedding dresses and her theatrics and her voice. And they came up and we both had um, contacts in. I think you had white ones in and I had, I think, red ones in. <laughs> and they just sort of stopped in their tracks. I'm like, oh, my God. And they like sort of freaked out a little bit, and then two of them sort of like, no, it's fine. They just, oh, that's cool. They're wearing costumes and that, but they, it, it was just that shock and seeing, a, you know, a few girls approach us, we're like, oh, that's so cute, you know. They, they were so cute, and then they, then to see them stop in fear, we're like, oh, not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They were fine after yeah. a few minutes. We got some nice pictures with them. Yeah, but again, we so we forget yeah. that sometimes we have that. I've um been coming back from a gig and I actually had like a little minor fender bender and. 
it was my fault. And you know, I'm like, oh, crap. And I got out of the car and the guy could tell he was fuming. And then he sort of stopped and he was really, really polite and got in the car <laughs> and, you know, we exchanged details. And then I heard him, like, some pedestrian said something to him and he, like, lost his stack. I'm like, whoa, is he that angry but not at me? And then I realised because I was gothed up and I had, you know, crazy contacts in and like hair and makeup everywhere that he was probably, he probably was going to be quite angry at me. And then he saw me and was like, Ooh, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) So do do you think people perceive goths as being scary or something? They're not really though. They're very sweet. Oh no, no. That's the thing. Like there is definitely, um, I mean, I get it all the time, especially because obviously like with my job, I do. I work with sort of people who are definitely more pop scene and they would not have any exposure at all. And they they go, oh, you know, you're metal. And they think, you know, something like... Mm. And again, even that is a misconception. Like people who are into metal and, you know, black metal bands and all that, they they dress up and they, you know, sing about death Mm. and doom and stuff. But again, all nice people. Like metal scene is actually really sweet. Goth scene is really sweet. sweet. Everyone's so friendly Friendly. in that. But it's just that outside perception. If you've never been there or been in that... You just you just see the you know the angry music and the the blood and the yeah. But I have to say that I think that there are also a lot of people from the scene that do like that you know the, the, freak yes. out scary, people. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember um, a few uh, years back I went over to the US. I went to Los Angeles and I was by myself for a few days um, in like the Hollywood area, and I thought. Oh, you know, I've been talking to me a bit dangerous and stuff, but I just made sure I really goth it up and no one bothered me. <laughs> oh, that's the way to go. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just make sure I just, you know. Look scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Don't look like a tourist. Yeah. No, it's like these, these teeth that um, some get put in permanently, you know, the fang the fangs, teeth, yeah. to, so mm. that, to the vampire teeth. And, and when you get chatting to some... I'll just use one person as an example, but they're actually vegetarian. They're vegan, <laughs> so I think it's the funniest thing being a vegan vampire. Yeah, it's it's just a it's, it's just an image. It's a look, um, and I think people sort of forget that. Like you know, we just want to dress how we dress, yeah. and we have fun. And like, it is. It's 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 dress up. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I like it. Like even I mean, I work in a in a corporate hospitality setting so I have to sort of you know wear suits and have a <laughs> definitely like a thing but even though I like to you know I'm just gonna wear like a red shirt and you know like like your tie you've got um Karen has a really nice black and white tie like striped tie very Tim Burtony and I would wear something like that you know just a little something to be like I'm different yeah this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is me this is, yeah. this is the breaking out here yeah just a little something <laughs> yeah. to reflect yourself <laughs> it's like when you go to school you know and, and uh, you, you know you had to have your your, your your uniform at a certain knee below your knee, three inches below your knee. I used to have to have it, you know, and then all of us girls would hitch it up a bit, you know. <laughs> you exactly. know it's, it's expressing. Like a, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to conform totally. Exactly. It's expressing yourself just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, I always used to get in trouble for not wearing my uniform properly. Yeah, yeah. that's it, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, if you, especially. Um, <laughs> like a lot of the, you know, the goth club nights and all that, I, I can tell you not one person is getting ready and going, ooh, if I put my hair, is this person going to like me? Ooh, if I do this and that. No, they're going, that looks awesome. I look hot. I'm going out. They're, yeah, they're not yeah. thinking about anyone else. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I think it'd be nice to have another Death of Art track now, don't you reckon? Absolutely. And this happens to be my favourite on the EP, um, and I, 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 I believe it's a, a favourite of a lot of people as well. And it's so awesome that the lyrics are just amazing, Erin, with this. So I'll put it on, hey? This is Suicidal 
Butterfly.
Beautiful. <laughs> well, I guess I'd better tell people you are tuned to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, digital and website, www.3cr.org.au. And I've got Death of Art in the studio here, Erin and Loz, and we've been um, playing uh, their Death of Art EP that's called War. But now I have in my possession right here that Erin's just got out of her bag the, <laughs> the first one you've been holding out on me, Erin, here. Because <laughs> this looks good. We've got a few tracks here. We've got I Am Psycho, Anarchy. Oh, this looks good. And some other versions of the Anti-Valentine. Apparently it's more of a, a an electronic one. But... Um, but look, this was um, 2011, um, and it rec- included remixes from industrial producers Sirius. Cyrus. Cyrus. Oh, Close. Cyrus. Cyrus. Oh, no, Cyrus. Oh, sorry. And Rail Borg. Rail Borg. Sounds like something from Star Trek or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, um, and their first video clip from the CD, Anti-Valentine, followed in 2012 and in 2013. So would you like to sort of fill us in a little bit, Mount, about your first EP? And we'll put some of this on in a second. Sure. Well, um, yeah, I guess this was around, uh, you know, we were sort of just starting to bring in more the, the live drums into what we were doing. So this one is more electronic rather than with such a, a live sound to it, which is what we went for in the the following EP so I guess that's the biggest difference in the sound of you know what you'll hear there but you know obviously there's a couple of older tracks on there as well um and when we went for a few remixes with this one um again you know not we didn't do that on the the follow-up EP instead of having a remix on our war EP we had an acoustic version as an extra uh track there so yeah but you know and uh, and actually you mentioning um the remix that was done by Cyrus, Cyrus. which is actually Josh uh, Rombout and um he actually produced that EP oh, for wow. us How yeah awesome. yeah he's um, a long time sort of friend and collaborator with the band like he's helped us with a lot of stuff we've been on the bill with him a few times like he's an all-round cool guy <laughs> yes and- yeah <clears throat> and he yeah he did a great job with that EP you know it was our first one oh like, it's beautiful. But, yeah I love the I love actually the covers and the purple with it too. And who who designs all your covers and art? What well, you do that? That too. would be me. <gasps> my goodness! We're I having... mean, I can't take my own photos, oh. but <laughs> yeah, but it's just fan- fantastic. It's it's, it's it's incredible. So, and where did you get the name Death of Art? Well. I, it wasn't the first name that we came up with. Uh, you know, we were sort of searching around for something that, I guess, described, you know, what, what we were doing. Um, but we also wanted something that no one else had no, no. anywhere around the world. So every time I'd come up with something, I'd jump on Google and, nah, nah, so, someone's got something too similar to that or that. So where it actually came from, though, is um, from Marilyn Manson's uh, Golden Age of Grotesque CD and uh, there's a track on there called Obsequy uh, which is like a funeral march so there's no vocals on it and in brackets it says the death of art and we were like that's "That's it it, yeah yeah the death of art the birth of music Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and we just thought it just described 
what we were doing you know mm. like we you know certainly are endeavoring to be artistic uh, you know what we're, we're doing but certainly there's the death element about what we're doing <laughs> yes. the darkness yes. the doom and gloom because yeah, <laughs> um, that's what I was heavily into back in WA is art like painting and drawing and all that sort of thing as well as radio but I've come over here and I've you know met up with you girls and 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 this death of art band i keep telling my friends about over back in <laughs> WA. Like, and they're going but death of art but no not death of art what do you mean art what do you mean your art's dead so i said no it's the name of the band it's so cool you know and and, and so, <laughs> but it's so different you know i actually like that it invokes a thought in people it, 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 does, yes. it does what does that mean <laughs> I, I, yeah for a little while because i was a little bit oh yes my art's died yeah, you know, and but it's um, more like I see it as more like the darkness in art. Yeah, you know, that, yeah, that, you know. Yeah. So that's the yeah the death of art. That's the way I see it. And when you do a search, not many come up. Yeah, unless it's the the Marilyn Manson song. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good. Mm. Yeah, because it narrows it down for you, you know, as well. Yeah, and if you and if you uh, you know do the acronym, it's DOA. So that's kind of cool too. I think I asked you when I joined. I'm like, did you do that on purpose to just sort of worked out like happy that. accident? Yes, yeah, it was actually. Oh, that's good. Well, okay. Well, I've got. Shall we put on? I am psycho. Shall I play that yeah, one? Would you like it's, that? Am one? I psycho? But yes. Am I psycho? Yeah. Am I? Am I? Am yeah. I? I don't know. Questioning. Am I? It's actually yeah. a really good electronic track. So again, it's nice. something. Sim- like you know everything that we we we've done it is has this sort of similar thread running through it but everything's just a little bit different so almost like you know everyone as you were saying everyone has favorite songs like some people really like suicidal butterfly some you know like psycho because they think it's like harder and heavier some like walks it's a bit more industrial like mm. yeah so wow okay well, so this is from death of art their first album that they put out in 2011 their little ep and it's Am I Psycho?
people out there in the radio world show some love to 3cr you know and if you're listening and enjoying the programs here man great radio station it is how how it was built by community and the community ownership and that's a powerful thing to have within community so show some love show some support and please subscribe from the north to the south to the east to the west let the baller take you home island style represent your soul to the flow love your set represent raise your pride to the sky love it like it's the best my power bring it back home Well, well, we've got um, Aaron and Loz here from Death of Art in the studios and we're having a great time here. So I hope you're all having a great time and tuning in <laughs> out there, all of the goth fans out there in, the, in Melbourne. I hope you're having a fabulous day out there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mum will definitely be listening. So hi, mum. <laughs> hey. Hi, Loz's mum. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that was fantastic. I really like that because I really quite get into the bit of electronic stuff. And so that was from their first EP that was put out in 2011. So um, we've got Anarchy lined up for the next one So do you, um, um, from this EP. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this Anarchy? Uh, well, I suppose the, the song itself is about... Um I don't know, just feeling like here in a in a lull in life, you know, just things are all the same and, you know, nothing's happening and it's like, yeah, I want some anarchy, yeah, you know. Yeah. I want something to happen. So, yeah, you know, but there's certainly other times in life when there's way too much of that too going much, on. Yeah. So, you know, there, there again is perhaps my self-sabotage coming in <laughs> to things. And it's definitely uh, it's one of our older songs and it is probably one of our more, like, our staple ones. A lot of people know it and recognise mm. it. Like, I think you sort mm. of was like, oh, mm. what's this? But once you hear it, you'll be like, oh, wait, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's pretty much, mm. it does get played in most sets. Yeah, Sometimes nice. you get yes. a bit of a rest, but, um, yeah, it's one of our stronger ones definitely. Cool. Should we put it on? Go sure. Anarchy.
Wow, well, that was good. Anarchy. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So tell me your influences. Tell me your, your, your music influences. I know you love Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails. and oh, Is that like what you've always liked? Has there been any others? Oh, of course. I mean... You know, I mean, and, and musical tastes, I think, change as well, like totally. as you get older. And um, I mean, and not just because of that, I, I guess it's what you're exposed to, too. I mean, I'm sure, you know, uh, most people, are, you know, you, you're probably more mainstream things when you're a lot younger, you know, and then mm. you sort of make your own discoveries into well, yeah, like, alternative things. Um, I have older sisters. And so growing up, there was um, a lot of like salt and pepper, TLC. Mm. So I actually have this slight love for 90s hip hop, which people go, oh, <laughs> I don't mind, don't mind you that. I like them. Yeah, I, yeah. I like hip hop. Yeah, like just that sort of, um, I think it was actually called New Jack Swing back yeah. in the day. Like it's actually because um, where I work, they'll, they'll play that stuff and I just start singing it and Everyone looks at me like, what do you like that stuff for? I'm like, yeah, you know. And again, that's, yeah, because I was quite young when that was, um, I was like six mm. or seven. So, you know, that just kind of sticks with you. And mm. it's a. Yeah. And I guess that would be the difference, like, depending on what, what sibling you are. Like, I was yeah. brought up as an oldest child. So I didn't have, like, an older brother or sister to go, hey, check this out. You know, yeah, I had to yeah. discover yeah, things yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, certainly I really loved all my dance music, you mm. know, when mm. I was a teenager. Mm. That was my thing because I loved dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, anything like. Yeah, you know, uh, I suppose techno industrial type mm. things. Yeah. Prodigy, prodigy's oh, good. Yes. Prodigy, yeah. yeah. And oh. they are an influence mm. yes. know, yeah. as well, like all the breakbeats and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, how else have I got? Oh, oh this was what I was, was going to try and get, but I ran out of time. You love the Matrix soundtrack, hey? Yeah. Oh, gee, I've, I've, I ran out of CDs at home and I wanted to put some onto a CD. And play that soundtrack, you know that piano bit with the yeah. Man. Oh man! I, I, <laughs> I should have brought the CD. I, I left it a bit late for that. Oh, I could play that because I love that. I've got it in my my laptop somewhere, you know, but I haven't got it on actual CD at the moment. But that's ah. all. But I haven't heard the Spawn soundtrack. That sounds good. Oh right, yeah. Well, it's I guess it's a similar idea, you know, where it's similar like, era as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's where like you know it was uh, electronic artists put together with. I guess more like heavy rock mm. artists, even metal, you know, mm. and melding those two together. So yeah, there was a whole heap of artists that got together and worked on and put tracks nice. together. So um, yeah, I mean, I guess a probably a well-known one from that CD would be like um, Crystal Method and um, Filter, Trip Like I Do, you know, oh. that track. Um, probably one of the more well-known ones, but I mean, yeah, you've got you'll you know, you'll hear it. If you're you're on you'll there know as well. It. Oh. You've got yeah, yeah. There's, there's heaps on there. Yeah. Anyway, but I th- I'm like, I don't know if I have that in my car outside. I think it's in the studio. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll well, go check. And, <laughs> and Evanescence, you were very, you were influenced by her, but you can't. She came out. Your album came out about the same time as. Um, well, I wouldn't say she was an influence, mm. like, uh, but uh, I think her first al- album came out um, while we were writing and, mm. you know, we hadn't really put the band together as such yet. But, I mean, we were already on our way with what we are doing mm. with our style and everything yes. and it just, 
I suppose it was a little bit more of a coincidental. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, she's different as well. You know, it's it's. I wouldn't say it was the same. Mm-hmm. It's a good reference point if people yeah. haven't yes. heard us. I always say it's kind of evanescence, but then it's yeah. like you got the electronic stuff, so like nine inch nails combined. Yeah. It's it's a mishmash yeah. of, yeah, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yes, yeah. of course, yes. Yeah, certainly, you know, people will make references to things they can like. Oh yeah, assimilate to. Because it's high, you must be able to get up to some pretty high notes, do you? What's it, um, yes. <laughs> what, what, what sort of note can you peek at? And um, I think. I I'm think she's little... asking for a demonstration. Yeah. You have to go early. into the other room because you'll break the mic and everyone's ears. You'll smash all the windows. <laughs> that is actually a goal of mine. I do want to break glass. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on that. Got to find the glass. <laughs> We'll film it if we ever happen. We've been we're on this mission for about a year and a half to try and find yeah. a glass that's in the right pitch. Yeah, it has to resonate at the right frequency. Yeah, but you have to sustain a note um, above uh, 100 decibels, which I can do. Wow. So in that area. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Our, our studio is very small and sometimes she does not need the mic. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I... I suppose I, I know pitch-wise, if you you know, for those of you who know about where the notes are, um, I've got a few notes above, like a top C. So, but it, it'd be a little inconsistent. It depends, you know, yeah. what day I'm having. Um, I suppose the top one I can get up to is probably a G above that, so it's wow. a G six, I think. We um, we actually <laughs> had not a, always. <laughs> we had a gig a, a while ago, and we were four piece, and um, we were acoustic, so that means um, you know, it was just like an electronic cut. Uh, electronic guitar di I, at the time had a very like stripped back very nothing kit and we did have the keyboardist at the time and they're like okay we've got you know noise restrictions and all this stuff and so you know we start playing and the guitar starts like cutting out and we're like what the hell is going on here and our sound guys like what the hell's going on and you know there's keyboard and i'm playing we've got aaron and then yeah no guitar for pretty much the entire gig and we found out at the end of uh, afterwards is that because the guitar was running through the main sound, the house sound, mm. the bartenders were like, this this chick's too loud. We've got to turn her down. And they ended up cutting the actual like mic'd up sound in the venue altogether. So all you could hear was the keyboard has its own built-in speakers, so that, because that was no longer coming through the front, me just playing on my little kit, and Erin without a mic, who was still too loud, and they were still trying to turn down. I'm like, the sound's off. How is she still too loud? So... <laughs> So our poor guitarist had no sound because he was obviously relying on the 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 house system, which they had now cut to try and turn down Aaron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were in one of those neighbourhood areas with you know sound residential or something. Oh, re- residential, and you know that were being yeah worrying oh, about getting complaints. Yeah. Oh dear. So yeah, pretty much from from the first song, they were like, oh no no, like she's oh, too loud, and just oh, turned it down. Oh. But Aww. can't keep her down. No, no, no. no. no they don't. So um, I'm going to be putting on next from the Death of Art War EP now. We're going to be putting on the anti-Valentine uh, track. And I was just wondering, Loz, would you like to um, tell us a bit about something? You've done something special with your drumming and all that in, in there, have you? With, was it with, with anti-Valentine? No, oh, that's, the, that's the uh, acoustic one of Karma that you're thinking oh, of. Oh, but um, anti-Valentine oh. is actually the first song that I was there for in the writing process. Um, I joined oh, yeah. while they were writing the song mm-hmm. and 
Erin, I think one of the first like full band things is like, oh yeah, this is a new song. And it did have um, an electronic track, which does have some very light drumming sort of things in it in the mm. background. It's like, play something to that. I'm like, okay. oh, okay. So I do have a little special spot for it because oh, it is sweet. probably one of the first songs that I was there for the, the creative process. Nice. Not that I wasn't a big contribution, but it was more just um, I got the tail end of it. It wasn't something that I had to pre-learn that had already been sort of established. It was like, yeah, I'm part of this. <laughs> yeah, and it's turned out to be one of our most popular tracks, which yes. is why it is the only track that's on both CDs, CDs. Yes. because we wanted to, yeah, we're like, oh, we have to put this on the new one again, like yeah. with Laws playing, you yeah. know, yeah. with more of the live yeah. live sound yeah. on it. So, yeah. Plus there's a bit in the middle where I we go pretty yeah. log. I get to rock out, yeah. which is good. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Looking forward to that. So... So shall I put Auntie Valentine on? Yes, please. Yes, let's yes. have this one going now.
I'll squeeze the trigger, honey. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, you've got Death of Art in the studio here, Erin, uh, the vocalist, and Loz on the drums. She does a great job there. The the um, Tell us a little bit about your absent member, the, the, the guitarist. He's pretty amazing on stage as well. What's his name and, and, and that? Well, it's Andre. Andre. Yes. And uh, yes, well, I've been working with Andre for many years now. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been great. I mean, since we first uh, met, I think we just really gelled when it came to writing together. Like the songs just came out um, and yeah, it's just gone from there nice. you know and most of the songs will start off with either him having a riff or Aaron having sort of a concept and then they get built on from there and then I'll come in and put some drums down and then we go to the track writing so it's a bit of a process but it always starts um yeah with that and a lot of the times because it is just starting off from a single guitar rift and um Aaron's vocals is that we actually can do an acoustic show mm. um so a lot of people go oh but you're this electronic mm. band and mm. all this stuff mm. and how can you like do it but because all of our songs sort of started off that way mm. to sort of strip them back is actually not that hard um so that just involves we don't have the electronic kit uh, sorry with the electronic track um I don't use a full kit I use a, a percussion instrument called a kaun which is just like a wooden box that I sit on and it's got two points that you hit and um one replicates a bass drum and one replicates a snare mm-hmm. and so um again like it's still our songs but it's in a in a different format and we get like a lot of uh, feedback on that and again people sort of if they've seen the full show they sort of go oh well how can you do acoustic like and it's like well you know that's that's how it was started because yes. again a lot of the times if I do, uh, when I come in to write a drum beat for a new song, it will start off as sort of very basic and that to write the track off and then we add the fills in and all the little fiddly bits. So it's actually really interesting to... Yeah, there's been very few where we've started with the track idea. Yeah, mm. in fact, there's only yeah. one I can with even the, think of that that With the electronic yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and I guess it, we like the idea that there's, you know, we're writing a, a melodic song that can stand up on its own as a song yeah um yeah yeah. and i mean and certainly like andre as a guitarist too like he's very yeah riff orientated as well as you know the melodies Mm -hmm. you know even within the guitars too he's not one of these guitarists where oh where can i put a solo in you know in fact he's quite the opposite (laughs) well yeah if you're saying like influences before like a lot Mm. of his is that sort of like faith no more Mm. and that very sort of like solid rocky Mm. kind of guitar Mm. based Mm. music which is actually again it's like adds to that you know you've got erin mm. with her sort of dance and mm. classical and then i sort of said i come from more of a, a sort of punk oh, rock yeah, yeah. solid background yeah. and it's just this sort of mishmash that all goes together quite well oh it sure does and visually it looks so good because he look he contrasts nice because he's sort of a butch looking male <laughs> you know with his big guitar and all that and you you girls there you know you look fa- right. he, fabulous he, on stage he's the butch male but um he he wears as much makeup as us right. yes <laughs> <laughs> oh, just just on stage sorry i That's should right. i should definitely preserve his masculinity <laughs> yes. but just on stage he oh, he have stage makeup yeah. Exactly, and that's a, that's another thing we like. He's not mm. he's not the kind of guy that's like oh, I'm not doing that. You know, he'll go to us. Which which kind of nail polish is going to work better for this gig? Like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. There were some posts he was doing recently online about that. He's like, oh, what color should I wear? And then I had some friends replying to me, going, oh, what color did you go with, Erin? I'm like, no, that wasn't me. That was Andre, <laughs> Andre. asking about the nail polish. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's good because like he, um, yeah, like I said, he does present that, you know, like big, I'm going to rock out with yeah, my guitar. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's definitely not the, like he, he's in a band with two girls. So yeah, yeah. he Which knows he his loves. boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that answer is Aaron. Aaron is the boss. <laughs> Creative genius behind it all. Yeah. You'd have to be, you know. Hmm. Do you think he's listening at work? I have no Maybe. idea. I'd laugh if it's on. Hi, Andre. Andre. Hi, Andre. Hi, you are. If uh, this is on in your gigantic warehouse and all Mm -hmm. your workmates are listening to us talk about your nail polish, we're very sorry. (laughs) 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 You might not know his secret life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay, well, look, now we have this karma. This is the acoustic version on the Death of Art uh, e- War EP. That, um, And Loz has done something special in this. Would you like to talk a little bit about this, Loz? Yeah, so this is um, I said, it's an acoustic track. Um, it was not recorded with a drum kit. It was recorded, again, with this percussion box thing. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's definitely a different sound. It's still um, quite driving, which is cool, but it's not as full-on as, say, like a full drum kit. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, well, this is the last track of the War EP, hey, uh, of Death of Art, and this is the acoustic version of Karma. you 
the last track on the War EP for Death of Art and but they're still here in the studio and we've got Paul Elliott he's just arrived now and he's going to be doing some stuff now so I'll be back shortly. Good afternoon Karen and good afternoon Death of Art Hello, sounded hi. great. Thank you. Thank Listening you. in the car and uh, it certainly sounds like it'd be a great show to see live. Look forward to that. So yeah with all the, the theatrics and the yeah, you yes. said you like that. So lots of smoke. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yes. And fire. Yes. Two smoke machines, a lot of lights. <laughs> well, actually, we've got some uh, live clips which will be coming up soon okay. on YouTube, so you Great. can get a pretty good idea yeah. from those. They should be up in the next week or two. They're currently being edited. Fantastic. Yeah, it definitely involves the whole hog. We have our own lighting tech and bring our own extra lights for the venues and strobes and the whole shebang. Fantastic. Fun stuff. And, um, well, it's coming up to the end of another show, just like that. Five more minutes to go, and I guess this is the time when we say thank you to Erin and Loz from Death of Art. Thank you for having us. Um, Yeah, thank you, Karen. It's been great. This is so fun. (laughs) It's been just just a pleasure, uh, totally. Erin, can you tell me about any gigs coming up? Any ideas? Uh, I can't tell you specifically, but a new one is going to be announced on Monday. So you can just look out on social media and, uh, yes, cool. we'll have the info for that. Um, yeah, and, of course, you know, as I was saying earlier, you can just go to our website to find out whatever is going on in the death of art world, which is just deathofart.com. It has cool. links to, like, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So Yeah. Nice. Cool. Oh, so It's been total pleasure. So I guess on this goth thing we've had going today, I think it'd be quite indulgent and nice to go out with some Bauhaus, don't you reckon? Yeah, and just oh, definitely. Just that, yeah? just before that, there's an important gig coming oh, up yeah, tonight, okay. actually, called Liver Tonic. 
the, I was going to say celebrating World Hepatitis Day, but I'm not sure if you celebrate that or not, but you might as well, I guess. So go down to <laughs> Memo Music Hall in St Kilda and it's, it's, it's a benefit to, to, to benefit people with, with uh, Hep C, I guess, uh, and it features Hugo Race, Ron Espino, Cam Butler, Harry Howard, Edwina Preston, The Peptides, Sean Kelly, The Ears, Steve Kilby and Greg Fleet and a cast of thousands. So if, you want to, if you're not doing anything tonight, check out uh, the World Hepatitis Day Benefit. It's a liver tonic at Memo in St Kilda. And uh, Why not? Thanks. <laughs> and uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And Matt will be along uh, shortly yeah. after this for Burning Vinyl. Yep. It's bye from me. Yeah. So and it's from... now. And, um, well, you'll have Jane back n- next time. So thanks for uh, this nice little uh, period we've had here of Music Matters to Jane and Joe. <laughs> and if you're listening, Jane and Joe... <laughs> Hope you hope you enjoyed our fill-ins. Yeah, we do. We certainly <laughs> have enjoyed doing it. So, but come back safe. We look forward to seeing you.